Miami Heat are in a pinch. What are they going to do to make another run to the finals? Plus, is Chris Paul really going to start for the Golden State Warriors? That and the CBA, still not done yet. Lots of questions left on how teams are going to operate. We're going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA Podcast. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. And here on Wednesdays, it's your usual tag team. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans Podcast. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Jake, free agency is days away. Days away. Teams do not have... The contract teams do not know what rules they're playing by for free agency. I don't understand how this is possible, uh, but we'll talk about that in the in the third segment. We can talk about all Damian Lillard all the time. No, hey, you know what? <laughs> we need a break from that. Dame free. I can't say Dame free because we're going to talk about the Miami Heat, and invariably Dame will come up. Uh, we'll play real or fake, Chris Paul. It seemed like he was going to Golden State. This is a great opportunity for him to play uh, off the bench. Nope, not according to a new report. But let's start with the Miami Heat. Victor Oladipo has opted in. It's a $9.5 million option for the upcoming season. No surprise. He got hurt, seriously hurt. I don't know what he's gonna, his availability is going to be. The Heat uh, have nine players, I believe, under contract right now. They're right up against that second tax apron. They are in a bind. Uh, Jake. The Heat have a lot of decisions to make. Max Struess is up. Gabe Vincent is up. Kevin Love is up. These are guys that all played instrumental roles in the run-up and their, that crazy run to the NBA Finals. What do you think is going to happen here with Miami? How can they How can they put a team together next year that, that has a chance to make another run? You know, this kind of centers around Kyle Lowry, doesn't it, and what his – cap hit is going to be next year because the production he's given him basically making $30 million a shade under that next year is just not something that they can do. They, they need to trade him. You know, they want to bring in another superstar. I think we've maybe seen that, you know, as much and as real as playoff, Jimmy Butler is a thing. You need some more help there for him. Someone else to maybe be the one a guy, huh? He can't be the only guy. No, like he needs to be one B, right? And maybe you get a one A and then there's games where he just takes over and you're like, yep, that's what we needed from him. And he gives you eight of those over a course of a postseason, and you hope you get like two of them in the NBA finals, but you need someone else there. We saw that here, right? So they're going to look to trade him. That's a $30 million tradable contract. That's really important. That can net you someone big, you know, that works in a Damian Lillard deal or something like that. But say you can't find a taker for that tr- for that contract for him, and there's no deal that works. That's where things start to get dicey for them. Yeah. You know, there've been reports from the Miami Herald that maybe they are going to stretch and waive him and mm-hmm. use the stretch provision on him, which you know is smart. But that's still eating a ton of money. You know, stretching a guy on a one year with one year left isn't the best option to do, right? It's no. double the contract plus one, so it's still a $10 million cap hit next year for you. Like that's still a lot that you're committing. It saves you 20 million, but it's not like you save that 20 million to go spend in free agency. They're well over the soft cap. So it just means you have to get even more creative in trades at that point. There's not a ton of pathways for them outside of 
getting lucky with a team either values Kyle Lowry or you include enough other stuff in there to get a deal done. It's kind of wild that a team where the whole narrative was so many undrafted players are getting so much contribution from all of these guys that no one's really like, you know, they, they have this weird path and, the, you know, all of that. This is one of the teams that's like in the Petri dish for how the new CBA is affecting them. You wouldn't think of the Miami Heat as a team that's right up against that second apron, but they do have a lot of these big contracts that they're going to have to figure out. Guys are going to have to go. Kyle Lowry has, has got to go. He's done. There's no way he can come back in Miami. There's And you, you see the reporting that Max Struess, they, they probably can't afford Max Struess at this point, which is kind of wild because his contract to be like $10 million. And it's like, you can't afford that. Zach, Zach Lowe says that Max Struess is getting the mid-level exception. So that's 12 and a half. Yeah. So, but, but that's, you can't, you can't, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Like this is the beauty of the new CBA. And again, we're talking about it in more detail in the third segment, but this is what it's supposed to do. It's, this is how it's designed. Max Struess, mid-level guy, big expensive team. You can't afford him. He's going to go and sign with like the Charlottes of the world and make those mid-level teams, the Pacers of the world, make those mid-level teams better and, and start churning where the contenders come from. That's what this, this contract is designed to do. So somewhat, I disagree a little bit. We can get more into this in the third segment. I think it's, you know, I don't think it's designed for you not to be able to re-sign your own guys. And I do think that's still in there. It's really difficult to add more guys to it. Like, they, you know, they could just pay all of this and, and bring, you know, keep their own guys, keep Kyle Lowry there. They have then zero options once you hit that second apron to bring in new players is what I really think was kind of the point to avoid the Golden State Warriors adding a Kevin Durant, hence cap smoothing and all of this too. But, you know, Again, it comes down to one thing that has been constant throughout all of this, right? You can't have three players making 30 plus million dollars. Jimmy Butler's estimated to be above $45 million next season. Bam at a bio is 32.6. Kyle Lowry's 30. Tyler Hero is $27 million. You have Duncan Robinson at $18 million. Like, so they got to do something, that's for sure. And it's like they're going to be linked to every big name out there. If that team doesn't want Kyle Lowry, and look, it's one year of Kyle Lowry. So if there's a team trying to tank and blow it up, that's useful. That's expiring money that comes off your books. I think that could be a really useful sort of thing. But I mean, oh, it's not ideal. There's there's a possibility that Kyle Lowry could go to a team that is also expensive, um, that is looking for one more run that that could if if Miami is looking to maybe turn Lowry into more production and they say, you know what, we are willing to pay the money. We are willing to maybe spend money here and, and, and you trade Duncan Robinson, maybe find a home for Tyler hero. Maybe you go a different direction with how you save your money, a team spending on Kyle Lowry for a year and, and just having him as money that comes off the books next summer there's value to that too. So it's not just a cap space play. It's not just, hey, Houston, right. hey, San Antonio. It's, hey, you're a team that's kind of expensive. Maybe you're willing to take on Lowry as a veteran bench kind of option and and hope that he can give you some level of production. Now, whatever that is, if, if he had it, Miami would probably keep him. But 
regardless, there's a team out there that could say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it for one year. He'll be an expiring next year, and it's a way for us to clear clear cap space or clear tax space before we get to the real punitive part. But regardless, Lowry has to go somewhere. Decisions in Miami have yeah. to be made. Um, the one thing I will say about Miami, and I don't know how much longer they can keep this ball rolling. If any team has a, a roadmap for putting random guys around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a couple of other of their good players, it's Miami. If they, if any team can be like, yeah, you know, we're going to take this guy off the scrap heap. We're going to take that guy. We'll, we'll just believe that, uh, we, we have the scouting to find the right random guys, the coaching to coach them up and the players to kind of enhance what they can give. If any team can do it, it's Miami. But I feel like this might be like the off the cliff. Miami had that one last great, you know, explosion, that run to the finals. It was their swan song. It was amazing. Udonis Haslam got to go out on a fairly high note. And now this might be where it all comes falling apart. This is the Blues Mobile falling apart when they get to the uh, the office building. It, it, I, I just don't see how they can make another long off season, a long regular season, and then do this again next year in the in the playoffs. It, so many things have to fall into place for it to happen this past season. It was amazing, but I don't see it happening again. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? Like they're going to have to pay this bill is essentially what you're saying. Like, you know, the, the tax is going to come due and you've got to do something. And, you know, if they don't think they can, you know, if they think they were a bit of a fluke getting to the postseason, and I don't think they do, I don't think really anyone thinks they were a fluke getting to the finals necessarily in the way they did, though there was some of that there with the three-point shooting. Maybe it's better just to do it now and not get sold on, oh, we're so close, when actually you're not that close, and now you pay even more, right? That can be fool's gold a lot of the times, and you've just got to wonder what Pat Riley thinks about that and if you can make that tough decision because that's not easy and you're not going to be exactly liked if that's the case yeah i think i think the bigger story for miami is not can they retool and make another run this upcoming season i think the bigger question from miami is how quickly can they make a pivot from finals team to oh my god it's too expensive we got to break this thing up a little bit and then within a year or two have some of the pieces that they've used in, you know, that they they've gotten in that, that breakup to kind of reconfigure the team and then get good again. Like how, how short a rebuild they, I think they're in a position here where they, they might be able to kind of like retool rebuild on the fly. Uh, it might cost them a year of contention, but I think mm -hmm. they, I think kind of that's more where they are than, Oh my God, let's figure out how we can get back to the finals. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Well, Let's get into a team that has a real chance to make the finals, the Golden State Warriors. Chris Paul going to the Warriors. What's he going to do? Is he going to start? Is he going to sit? We'll talk about that next in our game of real or fake. First, today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, Head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know if your part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, 
You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Right, Miami? Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right pieces on eBay Motors. Right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Want to thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Hey, Locked On Women's Basketball up and running. WNBA season uh, just in full swing. Uh, my Connecticut son look good. Uh, we got the all-star game, all-star snubs, uh, all kinds of stuff there on the Locked On Women's Basketball podcast. All right, Jake. The We talk about the, uh, the collective bargaining agreement and – the Golden State Warriors Jordan Pool trade to uh, to Washington for Chris Paul is a you know hey we get Chris Paul this is kind of like the kind of trade that I'm talking about with Kyle Lowry you you trade yeah. away a longer contract you get back one big shorter contract and you've got yourself now Lowry is not Chris Paul at this stage uh, either but Chris Paul can help the Golden State Warriors there's been a lot of talk Jake that wow this is going to be great they'll have Chris Paul an opportunity to play him. 20 some odd minutes off the bench and he can slide into that role. You can preserve him, and then you really have an opportunity to keep him healthy and so on and so forth for the playoffs. Now uh, I hear uh, Mark Spears on uh, the radio in, in the Bay area saying he's hearing that Chris Paul is going to start for the golden state warriors. So let's say, let's play a game of real or fake here. Chris Paul is going to start for the Warriors, and that's a good idea. I'm actually going to go real. I'm I'm going to go. This this is what? very real here. I, yeah, I'm kind of confused by people thinking this is like a bad idea. Okay, so cool. You play. You've got to manage his minutes. We've learned that. But but what bench is he supposed to play play with for them? Right? Like they've got some guys that potentially have some talent there. There's Jonathan Kaminga, right? You know Moses Moody. Those are the two guys there. You know if they're not good, what, what good is playing them with Chris Paul going to do? Right? He's there to kind of elevate other people, but. If they're not actually that kind of level of player, like you just kind of putting Chris Paul on an island by himself. And I don't know if that's really the right thing to do. If you want to maximize him, it's make his life easier a little bit. Playing him with Steph, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Chris Paul seems like it's going to do that. There's less attention paid to Chris Paul, probably more space to operate and pull the strings of that defense. You know, I think one of the reasons they're bringing him in is to run a ton of pick and rolls with him, which is not something they do a ton of. Like, this seems to make a lot of sense to me to start him. Again, he's making 30 plus million dollars. You start those guys. I will say it's fake. It's a bad idea. And I will say that the reasons you laid out are the exact reasons why you put those guys in football. <laughs> okay. Because if you're if you're putting like the 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 worst of your lineups, I guess out there, uh, your lesser talented players, Chris Paul raises everybody's game. Chris Paul makes other guys better, and it's not always just going to be Chris Paul plus the bench. It's going to be right. Chris Paul, one of the other starters, and a couple of bench guys. Like that's. When we talk about Chris Paul going to the bench, it's never really full five-man bench units. Right, right, of course. You see that so infrequently. So Chris Paul comes in, and first of all, I like how they've they've played with Looney uh, as a starter. I think it just works. 
why with, would you as Golden State mess with that? You have, if any team has the cachet to tell a Chris Paul, hey, you know what? You're going to come here. You're going to come off the bench. It's these guys. It's Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and presumably Draymond Green. Those guys are going to be able to say, hey, look, man, we let we love you. We respect you. This is how we, we you know, keep keep our starters intact. We need you to help this. And then, you know, you're still a closer. You're still, a, you know, a huge part of the team. But we want you to be ready for a deep playoff run. Just, just roll with this. Play your 15 to 20, just 20 minutes a game. And help our bench guys. Help coach them up on the floor. And then finish some games. Play like the last four minutes. And then in March, we'll start to ramp you up a little bit and really treat you with kids' gloves. And then when the playoffs come around, you get to be full-on CP3 again. That, to me, makes the absolute most sense. You keep what has worked working. You have a guy that can help your bench guys. Um, and him on the bench with you know with some of those guys on the bench as the game is going on, that's a hell of a teacher to have on the bench as well. I like the idea of Chris Paul shifting, finally shifting his role. This is a better role for him, preserving him. It's a better role for him, like skills-wise. He has an opportunity to really make guys better. I love him coming off the bench. I, but I don't know if it preserves him. You know, if his usage rate is going to go up, if he's going to be doing more out there, does that actually preserve him? Yeah, he's playing fewer minutes, so in one sense it does. But if he's doing too much out there, and can his body handle all of that, right? That's kind of the big question here. Isn't the best way to preserve him, play him more with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, where he doesn't have to do as much and can just kind of highlight some of the best aspects of his game? Don't ask him to stretch himself too thin, you know, potentially becoming more of an injury risk there. Chill around on the perimeter a little bit. Do some catch and shoot threes, right? And then you kind of unleash him as Chris Paul in the postseason, which I think we're just kind of arguing different sides of the same coin here with all of this. In a sense, it's you got you got to try and preserve Chris Paul as much as possible. Keep that bubble wrap around him as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. I think when you're running him with some of these other guys, and you're right, you know, you'll see Steph Curry out there, you'll see Draymond Green, you'll see Klay Thompson, plus two bench guys, three bench guys, something like that. I don't know. You know, maybe there's another way for them to do this. Could they bring Andrew Wiggins off the bench as kind of a go-to score second unit guy in a way that they use Jordan Poole at times? Would that do, you know, be a move that works? Could you, I don't think you try something like that with Clay Thompson who looked washed at times in the postseason because I just don't think you can do that. Also, again, if the issue is he's not what he once was, making him the focal point of an entire second unit isn't going to be a great thing because they'll just get double teamed. So I don't know. Like this is just also man, this team's kind of old. The team is kind of old. There's also that. Yes. Like it's, and <laughs> see like, that, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like you can, I mean, if you want to start Chris Paul, you can, and you can kind of sort of fake start him. Um, yeah. And like he starts, he plays three, four minutes and just kind of eases into the game. You bring him out and then you start the second quarter with him. And like, that's, you get them going, you get them a little feel for the game, you sit them for a long stretch, you start the second quarter, you do the same thing in the second half. So that would be kind of like the best of both worlds. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's he's starting. Like starter in name only almost or something like that. Yeah, and then, but he's mostly playing with bench units, then you could do it that way. Um, but I, I think ultimately 
you have to keep his minutes low. You can't, you can't just bank on when you're on the floor, you're on the floor, right? Like you can rest and stand in the corner, but like, you just don't want to have a guy not giving a hundred percent on the floor. So I think personally, also, I don't think he's capable of not giving a hundred percent when he, right. when he's on the floor. So, so what's like low minutes for him to you? Like, what's the number there? I want to see him average like 22 minutes a game. Oh, wow. that's 10 less than he played last year. He averaged 32 minutes per game yeah. last year, 59 games, right? Like he's never been to, under 30 in his 22 career. To, 22 to 25 per game, 25. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The because, lowest he's ever played is 31.4 minutes per game. Yeah. And look at what it's getting him. Look at where he is. <laughs> you know, like, I'm that's sorry. Like, you know, Chris Paul is, is one of the all time greats an absolute lock hall of famer in the, one of the all time elite point guards unfortunately, you know, the, this is where the old cliche, you know, slots right in father time is undefeated. And he just has, his body can only take so much. He's a small guard. He can only take so much. He's, he's injury prone 30 plus minutes a game cannot be sustained. He cannot get through the playoffs averaging 30 plus minutes per game. You got to get him below 30 and you got to not play him on back to backs. It's like, 25 minutes per game, not playing back-to-backs. It's the ultimate preservation. You got to do it or else what's the point? No, that's fair. And look, that 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 31.4 minutes per game I just said was, where did the numbers just go in front of me, was 2020-2021 when they made the NBA Finals. Like, there's something maybe to that, right, of preserving him, having him healthy, and he took the Phoenix Suns there, helped lead them there, I guess. You know, that's a rather important thing to do. And it's somewhat to your point. I don't know if dropping him 10 minutes per game is something that'll work, but yeah, you've got to reduce his role a little bit and take as much off his plate, I think, as possible. I think ultimately you want, I want to see like the November splits between November and April splits. You can start ramping them up. That November split has to be at like 20 and then December can be 22 and January can be 26 and February can be 28 and then March can be 30. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be a slow progression up, but that it's, you, you just risk him breaking down. That's just it. All right, let's uh, let's wrap that up and get to our next segment, which is <laughs> free agency is here, almost here, and no one knows what in the entirety of what the rules are. So we'll talk about that next. First, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Tomorrow, Pat the Designer, Nick Angstead, have more on free agency. Get us ready for this July 1st. Jake, how is it possible? How is it possible that a league can not just have a new collective bargaining agreement, right? It's not like they just said, we're going to take this last one and we're just going to a couple of tweaks. Don't worry, guys. It's just a couple of little things. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep it going forward. Everybody gets to make their money, whatever. There are significant changes. There are significant rules. There are things that imp- suddenly impact t- Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, teams that not Golden State in the Clippers that were playing by a certain playbook that has been the tried and true playbook for the better part of a decade. You bottom out, you build up, you draft well, you sign your own guys. Uh, once they got they get to a point where they're your like 
your your top guys. You make the big moves. You get an expensive team. You pay the tax, and you ride that out until it's untenable, and then you build, you rebuild again. All of these teams have been doing that. Now, all of a sudden, the league and, and the players have come to an agreement that says, "Hey, you know what? Now that not only is that not the plan, you've got one summer to readjust to the new plan, and we're not going to tell you what the entirety of that plan is." until a day before free agency, if they even get it. I don't get it, Jake. I don't know how the league can allow this to even be the case. It's it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. And look, a lot of the CBA, and I assume, and it's an assumption, so I don't know for sure, a lot of that stuff is out. We know the, the new CBA relatively well without reading the whole thing from what's leaked and how it impacts. Go ahead. No, I, see, I see the finger. There's a 90-page document that yeah. spells out what's going to be in the new CBA. But the new CBA is going to be like multiple like 100 pages long. Correct. So yeah. there's there's going to be 100 plus pages of detail that these guys And, and that stuff's have. important. So like we 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 kind of know the the main beats, the main the main things that are going to impact teams. And look, that was a shock to a number of teams. I've talked to a number of people who work in the league with different organizations, right? And some of them were like, "Well, the team building we just did for the past 4 years trying to set ourselves up for success in 3 years from now goes completely out the window because our salary cap structure isn't going to work years 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 from now." There's even a report out there on the Pelicans who have tried to do their best to kind of be ahead of it, saying they're going to have to blow up their court at least 2 years because it just doesn't work with a small market team, right? Oh, so yeah. and they you think they were expecting that? Like, no, not at all. So there's clearly like curveballs get hit with these guys. So now you have free agency, right? And there's not really a ton of rumors flying around free agency. We're not hearing a ton of crazy things. We're not getting some of the reports we normally would be getting right now. And I wonder if that's because teams are a little bit hesitant to go and do some stuff because they don't know the full details of everything out there. You know, you've seen some teams make moves already. Is that actually the right thing to do when you don't know 100% of what's coming? Like, could Chris Paul go to the Golden State Warriors be the worst thing they could possibly have done? You know, we there's potential for that there is the potential for a, a move that you you think you seems think is right good, yeah it seems right it feels right based on the the guidance that you have and i think in the big picture like the big things they're letting you know like hey the big things here's here's what's gonna be in there but the the beauty of a legal document and a bunch of lawyers on these teams is everybody is sitting there with a like a you know, picture of somebody like a magnifying glass going through the thing, going like, oh, wait, what's this word mean? Hey, if we can manipulate this and we can do this, then that thing doesn't apply the way we thought it did. So, hey, I mean, does that change the John Collins trade? No, that was a straight salary dump. And I think that was probably going to be done. But. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they don't exactly take back Rudy Gay in a second round pick. Maybe Atlanta goes, we could have gotten actually, we could have done something different with that. Golden State sending out pool for Chris Paul. Um, even things like the Nas Reed contract, which I see as a, a, a byproduct of the CBA because he got a deal worth $14 million per. That's right around the mid-level. 
That's mm-hmm. it was a nice, it's a nice contract. He's earned it. It's a, you know, he's definitely worth it. I feel like it might be a touch on the high side for, you know, I'm a big Nas Reed, Nas Reed fan. So I think that deal is awesome actually. But, yeah. but, but that's also mid-level money and yeah, it is. guys who are going to be making mid-level money this year, next year, the year after during the life of his contract, he's going to be exactly tradable. And from what we know, you have to match basically almost dollar for dollar. So Nas Reed's contract becomes one of the most tradable contracts in the league. And if, if the, the Timberwolves want to go a different direction or need to go a different direction because of how expensive they get, that is a CBA, new CBA type contract that we're going to see a lot of these mid-level guys try to get. They're going to be in that range so they can be tradable. But does something in the new contract say to these teams, hey, actually, no, you don't – You that was that was a bad idea. You shouldn't have done right. it that way because we've we've snuck in this one little thing that that negates your ability to trade this guy. The whole point of this new CBA is to create parity. The entire contract from the owner side it's about parity and making making guys too expensive for these ex- super expensive uh, payrolls like Miami. They're going to lose Max Struess. That would be a guy that maybe they normally sign because he's a free agent. He's a mid-level guy. You you bring him back. Nope, he's gone. He's going to go to one of the mid, you know, middling teams. And some of these good role players on these other teams that are kind of struggling to find the right mix to, to take that next step, all of a sudden they go to those teams. And and the the the, the lower tier teams that are now forced to spend money are going to have to spend money on these guys. It just changes the entire dynamic of of everything we've seen so many deals get done with this new cba in mind i just worry that some team because they were caught by surprise by the new cba is going to do something and screw themselves for like multiple years because this full document isn't out i just think you can book that you can book that like you can book that like you can write that one down in pen that there will be some team that is completely screwed over because of some little arcane rule in there that relates to contracts or something. You just don't realize it because you didn't think it would be important because we have 90% of everything we need to know, but that 10% is going to make a big difference. Look, Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd pointed out that, you know, there's 30 new two-way deals and those haven't all been filled or even close to it. You know, you're not seeing exhibit 10 deals in the G League contracts flying for undrafted free agents like we normally see after a period like that. Is there something influencing that with all of it, right? Like that is a little kind of eyebrow raising when you could go lock up a guy for two years on a cheap deal and get him some quality time in the NBA while keeping him in your system. And you're not going to rush to do that. That seems a little bit surprising to me, but I wonder if that's in play because of this, because they don't know, you know, how that might change or what might be coming. And you got to make sure you get the right kind of guy. Like there's those sorts of like little kind of moves around the edges, I think that are going to be impacted by this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what that is? That's, the new second round exception that's that's in the new contract but no one knows exactly how it's being implemented that's one of the reasons why this deals i've talked to people in the celtics organization if you draft a guy this year and is, is if he's a draft and stash and you don't have a second round pick next year do you get to use your second round exception when he comes Ooh, next that's season a great point. or not you know, and and the second round exception, you can delay that to the end of the summer or the end of July, 
So teams aren't teams are probably making promises, but these, yep. these deals aren't getting signed because teams are now allowed to do their other business. Then they can sign their second round picks without taking up the cap space. So that's that's going to probably be causing the delay. But also teams aren't 100 percent sure about that because they don't have the damn deal and they're not 100 percent sure what the mechanism is. So there's a lot of a lot of these guys who are in limbo. And and it, the worst is it's second round players. It's these guys who, well, do I have a contract or not? Because if I don't have a contract, I need to start calling like teams in the Philippines because these second round players aren't going to be getting you know the the Eurobasket contracts. They're going to be trying to scrape together some other sorts you know source of uh, making money through basketball. Like it's just it is unfair to everybody involved that the final document at this point, after players have been drafted, after trades have been made, we're days away from free agency. It is just unfair to the entire league and to the players who are sitting here in limbo that this document is not done. It is crap that it's not done. All right. That's a very strong take about the collective bargaining agreement. But look, look, if no one wants their job because being a GM is too hard, I, I will take it. You can pay me that money and I will navigate <laughs> these uncertain waters for you. Hey, at least, you know, in a couple of years when you get let go and come back to do the podcast with me, you'll have that, yeah. that two, three years. Have inside experience. You former go. general manager, Jake Madison. Why do you have only two lane players on his team? That seems like a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> Win a couple games somewhere. I'm very happy to also take money to be bad at my job in the NBA. Anybody that wants me to totally. do that, very happy to take sign up. Money to be a bad podcaster here. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I mean, I get, that's what I get right now. So, I mean, I very clearly am very willing to take money to be bad at jobs. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, for watching. On Wednesdays, it's us. It's me, John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sharing. If you're an everydayer, if you're watching this podcast, would love it if you share the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Locked On NBA podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.